Hi and welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. I'm Paroma. I'll be your host for the day. Well, we all know how content is key or rather, as you've often heard it being said, content is king to any B2B marketing strategy. And that's why we have Michael Brenner, CEO of Marketing Insider Group, join us today on the Sunny Side Up podcast hosted by Demand Matrix. At Marketing Insider Group, Michael has worked with over 75 brands to build out effective content marketing and employee activation programs. He has been recognized as a Forbes top CMO influencer, a top business keynote speaker by the Huffington Post, and a top motivational speaker by Entrepreneur Magazine. And it's a pleasure to host him here today. Welcome, Michael. Over to you now. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the story behind the Marketing Insider Group. Yeah, sure. Well, first, let me say thanks for having me, Parama. It's, a, it's really an honor for me to speak with you today. I hate talking about myself, but since <laughs> you asked, I will go into it. We're the Marketing Insider Group because I spent 25 years as a, a corporate sales and marketing leader. And after building a successful content platform at enterprise software company SAP, a platform that I'm proud to say still exists today and is thriving, I wanted to help other brands that were struggling with content marketing to really understand how to not only make it work, make it work efficiently, but do so without breaking the bank and wasting the kind of time and money that I saw many of my peers wasting. So that's what we do at Marketing Insider Group. We focus on building scaled out content marketing platforms that drive business results for really what I think is not a massive amount of investment. We hold ourselves and our clients accountable to those results. And then we're starting to have a little more fun too, which is we're getting asked to do thought leadership employee activation programs where we work with executives. And now I'm getting in even into marketing transformation and culture with the launch of a book coming out in just a few weeks on exactly that topic. So really looking forward to that and having a lot of fun. It sounds amazing. So given your expertise as a content marketer, what would you say are some of the top five best practices that B2B and tech marketing and sales teams especially should consider when they're creating a new content strategy? You know, the main mistake that I think a lot of companies make is in not defining the business case for why we need to do something other than what most people think marketing is. You know, I love to say marketing has a marketing problem because most executives think marketing is ads and logos on the sides of buildings and billboards and banner ads and all that kind of crap that nobody watches or listens to and, and is really difficult to show any kind of measurable results against. And so defining the business case, and I, you know, I talk about a maturity curve where in the beginning there's a champion and then there's executives that can't articulate the business case. As you move through the maturity curve, you've got executives that can articulate the business case in marketing, but executives outside of marketing can't. And then as you move up again, you see then now executives even outside of marketing understand and are evangelizing what content marketing is. So that's kind of the first, you know, sort of step. Understanding your audience would be number two, almost bears not repeating or explaining, but you'd be surprised at how many companies, you know, want to just promote products. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. sell and, and just create the content your audience wants. Identifying editorial themes this is something I've been teaching a lot of our clients around. The only way to really rank for search anymore is just to create a consistent amount of content on a regular set of themes. That's something that we work with our brands on. And that ladders up to a mission statement. What do you exist for? What value are you bringing to the world? That's four. I think five would be commit to measuring results. Don't do, don't create, don't share unless it drives a business result. And that kind of goes back to that business case that I mentioned, you know, step number one. Absolutely. So what are some of the core challenges when you're talking about these best practices that you witness teams face when they're trying to create these impactful content marketing strategies currently? And how are you helping them overcome this? 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of alluded to both of them, I think. The biggest challenge that every company faces is the natural instinct to want to promote. And I always couch it and sort of justify it by saying it's a natural instinct. It's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. I get it. I was in sales too. And I know that executives think that their job is to sell. And marketers think that their job is to support executives' natural instinct to want to talk about who we are, what we sell, and why we're better. And the problem is that that doesn't really overlap with customer needs and it doesn't allow us to think like customers and to really understand who they are and what their challenges are and how we can solve those challenges as a brand. And so that's what content exists for, to help customers figure out how to solve their problems. And so that's the number one challenge. The second is I just see a lot of money being wasted. I mean, there's money flying out the door. There's money that's being spent on content. I think serious decisions especially in B2B and tech marketing, identified that 60 to 70% of the content created by B2B tech marketing organizations goes completely unused. And when I saw that stat and then verified it, SAP, I called it criminal. And, you know, I remember my boss saying, well, let's not use that strong language. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, we're taking 60 to 70% of our marketing budget. At, we, it was for us, it was 56% in one small division. I'm like, this is 56%. We took thousands of millions of dollars and we spent 56% of it flushed right down the toilet. And that's criminal. And there's no other way to say it. So I think it's important that we take accountability for those things. Absolutely. So obviously, see, when it comes to creating, we have every brand needs to know what they want to be known for. That's what drives their content creation activities. And obviously, the entire endeavor of supporting sales and setting up meetings and creating content that will help convert. So but then there's already enough noise in the marketplace today. Everywhere you look, there's already sufficient content on everything that you want to talk about. So how would you suggest teams drive more meaningful engagement when it comes to content development activities? Yeah, there is noise in the market, but there's always been noise in the market. And I think it's a common challenge that I hear from folks, but that's one way to look at it. And so here's another way. How many marketing campaigns produce zero results? How much of the content your organization creates never gets used? In most organizations I've audited, it's 60% on both of those numbers. So you've got massive opportunities to create engaging content and effective campaigns. So that's the way I try to approach it is let's not look at how noisy the world is. The world is noisy largely because of brands spending more money on promotion and propaganda. The world is in dire need of brands creating content that's helpful and engaging and interesting and based on an emotional story or a, a heartfelt purpose. And so from that perspective, the world is a hungry place when it comes to content. So those are the kinds of strategies that I try to help my clients employ. That's the perspective I try to get them to think through. It's why I mentioned mission statement. You know, what's the purpose Mm -hmm. of our marketing? What's the purpose of our company? What value do we bring? And how do we start to create content that supports that? Putting that in place helps everybody work backwards. So that's obviously a driving factor here. Yeah. So now to a more narrow and specific problem area, writing for marketing campaigns to ensure conversion, conversion worthy marketing communication or messaging is always a challenge for teams. I think even for some of the leading global uh, marketing tech teams today. So what do you see teams usually struggle with when they're, when they're, how do they try and overcome this challenge and how do you help when you work with your clients? Yeah, it's interesting. I have a seven-step framework, and I'm not going to walk your your listeners would be bored to tears if I tried to walk through all of them. But the funny thing for me is that it's not until step four that I start to talk to my clients about content, because I actually think this is the easiest problem to solve. And so 
let me go back to step one. The business case for every company is to reach, engage, convert, and retain customers that you're not reaching today because most of your content is ineffective. Most of your campaigns are promotion that no one wants. And so how do you do that? Well, the answer is you reach people using the keywords that they use. You engage them by creating the content that you know they want. And that's how you start to get conversion and retention. And so, you know, in the digital world we live in, give me any brand in the world and I can tell you what questions their customers are asking, what keywords they're using, what content they're engaging with. And in about two hours, I could create a content strategy for just about any company based on the fact that we live in this world where those things are knowable, they're understandable, they're identifiable. So it's really that simple. I know it sounds, you know, I'm simplifying it just a bit, but it really isn't as challenging as I think a lot of marketers think. What gets in the way is our natural instinct to promote, our internal silos and that kind of legacy thinking of how do we push product? Uh, that's really what gets in the way. And so we have to resist that. Absolutely. You know, we'd love to hear about some of the actual case studies or your success stories that you worked on with your clients. If you can give us an example or two, because I'm sure the audience could learn from them. Yeah, it's funny. I, you know, I'm dreadful at following my own advice sometimes at creating what I call lower stage content marketing, which is not quite product marketing, but a great example of what that could look like. And, and so I've just released about three of them. One of them is the SAP case study, which you know is essentially a year-long struggle for me to try to build a thought leadership platform at the request of the CEO of the company in back in 2011. And when we launched in 2012, we didn't have a budget. And so I learned how to create content and how to distribute effective content that generated a return on investment by tapping into the thought leadership that already existed. We repurposed existing assets. We took white papers and broke them up into articles. We found engineers, product engineers, who really wanted to share what they knew about big data and cloud computing. You can find that case study on my website. I wrote a book about it called The Content Formula, which if you want, I can, I can give you a link, a free PDF download for your listeners. Mm-hmm. That essentially details how we showed at the end of one year, $7 in return on investment in the $1 we spent for content marketing at SAP after just one year. And so that's why I think that platform continues to this day. Capgemini is an example that I wrote about in my more recent book. Rena Patel was the head of brand communications at Capgemini, and she followed a similar model. And, and I was advising the team at the time, but I didn't actually know Rena. I actually knew some of that reported to her and worked with her called Lili Lepine. And I've been telling Lili's story for four years. And when I went to interview Lily for the book. She's like, no, I can't take all the credit. You got to talk to Rena. So now Rena is one of my good friends. And I, I just wrote about her recently and she's included in the book. And it's the highest ROI example of content marketing I know. It's called the content loop. They took existing consultants around the organization. They asked them to tell their stories and share what they know. They invited their readers to connect with them on LinkedIn. They accidentally saw projects and proposals being asked for on LinkedIn. They Mm -hmm. closed some of that business, a million dollars in the first year, millions of dollars in the second year. And all they did was just try to answer customer questions. And so it's, you know, just some simple approaches to activating your experts and thought leaders in your organization can drive massive amounts of return. And it was a multi-team effort. Everyone was active. Everyone was answering. So everyone involved. That's amazing. So thank you so much, Michael, for sharing these amazing insights, these amazing tips with us today. And before we end, we'd love to ask you if you have any parting thoughts you'd like to share. It could be on anything from work-life balance to optimizing a campaign with the right content, anything. Just go for it. Well, if you're going to give me an open forum, I'm going to have to pitch my <laughs> next book. So, But I do think that there's a reason. I'll tell the reason why I wrote it. And it's um, it's got a little bit of a racy title. It's called Mean People Suck. The reason I wrote it is because I was asking, why does most marketing stink? Why 
do we do so much marketing? Why do we create so much content that never works and never gets used? And the joke that I make in my keynotes is behind every bad piece of marketing is an executive that asks for it. And what I found was that there are marketers all over the world that are, they feel victims of mean people who ask them to do bad things. And my advice is we need to take accountability. We're the ones that do the stuff. So the book is really about creating a culture of empathy, but also marketers and business leaders all over the world taking accountability for their situations and striving and committing to doing the kinds of activities and work that really matter and really make an impact. And it starts with empathy. It starts with asking, you know, what does my customer really want? What value will these programs deliver to the customers that we're trying to serve? It also extends to employees. And how are we encouraging our employees to share what they know and what they love? Are we really open to new ideas from different folks across our teams? So I started with asking a marketing question. I ended up answering, you know, with culture and leadership and innovation. And so I'd love for your listeners to go check out meanpeoplesuck.com. You can actually pre-order the book today. Uh, goes live on sale October 25th. Sounds great, Michael. And we love the quote that you just shared with us back there. And thanks again for your time. And uh, we'll have you back again sometime soon, maybe after the launch of the book. And so until then, have a sunny day. That sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much, Michael. Take care. <laughs> 